The following broadcast by the Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through DCKM Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. This gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? In this gospel of the kingdom the good shall news. be spread across the world. Coming up today, Dr. Dana Carson teaches us how to possess what you believe God is giving you, but it's under someone else's jurisdiction. See, you don't understand. Your confidence ought to be being built right now. These little things that you are mastering eventually will be your foundation of confidence and courage. Master your little thing. Tell your neighbor, master your little thing. The Bible speaks about the mighty promises of God to his people. When God engages a people, he normally does it in a very, very large way. Listen now as Dr. Dana Carson teaches us about fighting giants. Coming from Numbers chapter 13, verses gigantic abnormal and abnormally large it is that thing that you are not used to facing every morning when you get up a practical giant can be a giant of educational challenge economic challenge health challenge marital challenges skill set challenges a giant can be that thing that seems impossible to accomplish and requires something extra than what you're already packing. A giant is that thing that says, I wish you would try to do this. I wish you would try to accomplish that. I wish you would try. If you try, I'll swallow you as smooth as water. Giant is that thing that intimidates you. However, in life, you got to learn how to deal with giants. Remembering the slaying of a giant is not simply for you. It's for someone else. God calls you to big things not simply for you, but for someone else. Thus, our text, according to the Torah, the wilderness period, of Israel is marked by egregious sins, two in particular, the apostasy of the golden calf and the faithfulness, the faith, uh, faithlessness of the scouts. Now, 
Israel is marked by these two sins. The building, the apostasy of the golden calf and the faithlessness of the scouts. This is what they are known for in terms of God threatening their annihilation. Because they took the gold and the resources that God had put in their lives and they made it a God. Some of us, some of you have been around, some of you haven't. But if you've not been around me, others have seen you when you didn't have much. Some of us, we didn't have much, still don't have much. Because we refuse to master our little thing. Some of us, God has blessed and what he's blessed us with. Money, degrees, careers, talents. Rather than using that to serve God better than you've ever served him before. You've taken that and made it a God and you're dancing around it. Now I want you to know that Israel almost got annihilated because they danced around their gold. And then the second thing that they're marked by is the sending of the scouts to check out Canaan. Pissed God off. Now, most Jewish or Hebraic commentaries imply that God was against the project from the beginning, which uh, refers to as your scouts. So what's implied here is that men came to Moses and said, well, before we go into this place called Canaan, can we go see it? Now, I want you to understand, you know, you've been around dogs sometime. One of, the, one of the signs that a dog is getting ready to get up, their hair starts standing up. You know, you can look and tell. Her, her. So when, when they said, can we go and check out the land, in dog terminology, God said, So, I want you to understand, God was against this from the beginning. And the very fact that they needed to see it, and they needed to look at it for themselves, was an indication that they did not trust what God saw. So, they didn't want to see it God's way, they wanted to see it their way. See, you got to be careful... When God calls you to a big thing and you want to see it through the lens of your own intellectual deduction. So they wanted to see it their way. And because they saw it their way, they never entered into it. See, some of you want to know too many facts before you move for God. Now, so let's just... 
Look at this text a little bit. So God already knew what Canaan uh, possessed. And God said, possess it. Now, God never said anything about the Nephilim, the Amorites, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, nor the Canaanites. He never mentioned any one of those five people, nor the people from Anak from Nephilim. Now, God knew they were there, but God wasn't concerned about them. He said, I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. He said, this is going to be a good place. And this promise or the promise of Canaan is rooted in the promise to Abraham that stated that I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to make you a great nation. Genesis 15 also records that God promises to Abraham that your people are going to go into bondage in Egypt for 400 years and then I'm going to deliver them out of Egypt to their own land. So I want you to understand the big thing that God called Abram to, he's now giving voice and ready to give manifestation to under the regime of Moses, but it is still a big thing. And so this that God is calling them into is not something that they themselves need for themselves. This is something God has promised for years and the benefits of Canaan is going to bless generations upon generations. So if you don't go into Canaan, you remain a landless people and a landless people is not a people at all. Then they use their sense. See, some of y'all just too, you just too rational, too logical. So they assess whether uh, or not they could do it. And they said, we can't do it. So they censored. Then they censored. They censored what people said. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. They said, shut up and stone them. So when people are scared, they don't want nobody to have faith. Then, as a result, they suffered a plague. And Moses had to intercede for them. God, God went from, you know, he went, I mean, he, he attacked. I mean, God was upset. It's like, I got a plan, and you talking about going back. Wait a minute. I have methodically laid out this prophetic season for you to go into Canaan and you're going to reverse prophecy. Ain't nothing in the dream of Abram said that I'm going to release you. You're going to go back. So you're looking for a leader to take you back to Egypt. See, when people cannot get with the vision, they always turn back. So, Dr. Carson, how do you fight giants? Do this real quickly. 
Now, the best example I have, because I'm going to give you a biblical example. I'll give you. So, the best example I have of how to fight a giant is David and Goliath. Because uh, that's a giant. And the story really encapsulates what I believe is apropos to advancement and possession and takeover. It's David and Goliath. Now, David is anointed king by the prophet. And he's a shepherd boy. And... But he's got an anointing on his life. He knows God says he's going to be a king. But he has to first master small things. So David can't be running around talking about, I'm the king, I'm the king. God called me to be the king. I'm the king. Hey, hey, hey. Did you know that all try, they tried to pour that all on my five brothers, but that all wouldn't pour. No matter what the prophet did, he tried to hit the can, and it wouldn't come out. But with me, I was drenched. You know why? Because I was anointed for king. Well, he was anointed for king and then had to serve double-digit years keeping the sheep and the flock with an anointing on his life. Because when an anointing is on your life, you can't force it. God will set it up. So those of you that believe that God has called you to prophetic things in your life, you don't rush those things. You don't try to make those things happen. That's when deception comes in. God sits up and situates the situation. <clears throat> See, too many of us are talking about what God has for us, and we're trying to make it happen rather than God uh, allowing God to set it up and let all things work together on like me now. Let all things work together for good. <clears throat> you, you can't make yourself. Paul was called to be an apostle, but he couldn't make himself an apostle. It wasn't until God talked to the prophets in, in Acts chapter 14, I believe it was, and they came together and God said, now set Paul and Barnabas aside for the work that I have for. Now, that was way after his call. You've got to wait to God situate your season. You can't be impatient. Just master where you are right now. And I guarantee you, if you master your little thing, God will take you to a big thing. Now, so now David, David's anointed king. Now he's just waiting for a season. He doesn't try to make his season happen. His dad said, your brother and them up there, some kind of war, some kind of battle, something going on up there. They hungry. Take them some food. David takes him some food, and he just happenstands in the natural, his way up on the battle line, and all the troops of Israel are camped by the bank, singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. And David is saying, hey, what's going on up in here? They say, man, what's going on 
is Goliath. That's what's going on. He's a big giant, man. And he's saying that send us your best man. He want one of us. Can you believe that? One. He want one. That big old man. Talking about if you send me your best man, I beat you, y'all all serve me. You beat me, I all, we will all serve you. That big old man, one of us. And the average height, some historians say back at that time, the average height of men were about 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, so, Goliath, Goliath is over, get this, nine feet tall, his helmet weighed 66 pounds. His brass coat weighed 175 pounds. The tip of his spear, the tip weighed 20 pounds. So just imagine picking up 20 pounds of potatoes, and that was just his tip. And he said, send me your best man. Send me, one of, send me the best 5'2 man you got. <laughs> so, and if that 5'2 man beat me I'll serve y'all if I beat him y'all serve me ain't no sense of killing all y'all <clears throat> so Goliath was a fierce looking trash talking massive killing machine that struck terror in the hearts of his, of, of his opponents now <clears throat> David teaches us, though, some very valuable and invaluable things about fighting giants. And all of us fight giants. Some of us face giants in our own lives, like living from paycheck to paycheck, barely, barely making ends meet, being unemployed or underemployed. Having to deal with some loved one, someone close to you who's strung out on drugs and alcohol. Some having marital problems that you don't seem to be able to fix. So the question is, is how do you fight giants? How do you deal with giants? And, and then Israel, how is Israel to deal or should have dealt with the Anakim? Now... Here's what the text teaches us. That the typical and normal response to a giant is, run! Okay, okay. Now, that, that's the typical and normal response to a giant. That's, that's, so it's very normal to feel anxiety and stress when dealing with a giant. So what was David's first response when he saw Goliath and his insults towards Israel? Believe it or not, he ran! He ran like everybody else. The scripture says in 1 Samuel 17, 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him, and were so afraid. And David was included with those men. He ran. But then something came over David. David ran. He said, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Why are we running? 
See, I understand it's very natural when you, you're afraid of things and you start running. You didn't, but you have to stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we running from this? Well, our marriage is bad. Well, why we got to run? Well, but they strung out. Well, why we got to run? Man, we can't keep living like this, but why we got to run? I don't like where we are, but why we got to run? Understand the first natural reaction is to run. But when you realize who you are and whose you are, you ought to ask yourself, why am I running when the he that is with me is greater than the world against me? So David, a young buck, David, he says, why are we running and why won't anyone fight him? And, but then here is what the first lesson David teaches us. Very valuable lesson, James. Elder Hedibo, he teaches us this. Uh, before you fight giants, it's got to be worth it to you. See, a lot of people won't get in a giant fight because it don't mean nothing to them. So, David says, what's the reward for beating this lion, this giant? He says, well, one, the king said he's going to give you great riches. So you're going to get prosperity. You're going to get blessed, super blessed, giant blessed. And then second, the king is going to give you the hand of his beautiful daughter. She fine, Dave. And then third, the king is going to take away the taxation from your family's Homes. David said, hmm. Hmm. I think I, I think I can G for that. Nice bank, nice woman, my family taken care of. But then, and you know, and I don't have time to talk about that because that nice woman ended up being some problems. But anyway. I don't have time to talk about when you've been raised in the palace and you've been raised in the field and y'all come together. <laughs> That's why she was upset that David was out there dancing into his, said, That's not very royal. And he had to say, But your father, he, you know, it, I ain't gonna talk about that. Listen, we talk about that on Wednesdays. Listen, but, but, so David, then he stops and he gets the real motivation. He says, wait a minute though. He says, but why is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the army of God? And so David then, he says, I'm going to fight him because he has no business coming against God's people. See, the people of God will never take on giant projects 
as long as they believe everything belongs to the world. There are some things that God has given us. There are some acquisitions. That's why the Lord told me, I don't care who's got it under contract. God said, buy it. And listen, it doesn't matter if Goliath is standing on top of it. It doesn't matter if he got a 66-pound helmet. It doesn't matter if he got a 175-pound chest guard. It doesn't matter if he got a 20-pound tip on his spear. It doesn't matter what your enemy has because God's got more. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Look to your neighbor and say, I may not have a helmet. I may not have a bodyguard, nor a 20-pound tip, but he, but he, that is with me is greater, greater, greater than he that is against me. Let me finish here. Let me finish here. So what David did was these simple things is one, he used the mastering from the little wars to fight the big war. So when he went to and they asked, what, what, what armor are you going to wear? He said, I'm going to wear the armor that I mastered. <laughs> what armor did you master? I mastered this sling and this rock. And the power of God comes upon me when I use it. He says, let me tell you. He says, one day I was keeping the sheep and a lion came and a bear came and they took the sheep away in their mouth and I went and I wrestled them down, pulled them by the beard, freed the sheep. They tried to attack me and I slew them. And he says, and just like I did that to the lion and the bear, I'm going to do it to Goliath. See, you don't understand. Your confidence ought to be being built right now. These little things that you are mastering eventually will be your foundation of confidence and courage. Master your little thing. Tell your neighbor, master your little thing. It was the revelation of that little thing of the shepherd boy that gave him victory over the giant. I can't tell you there are things that I learned coming up off the streets of Chicago, navigating my way, and God being with me, and I didn't even know he was with me. And things I've learned early on in ministry those were the things that helped me to master the larger things that came up. You've got to get a sense and a taste of winning. You can't win over a giant if you can't win over a bear. You can't win over a business if you can't win over a job. You can't win in a marriage if you can't win over singleness. You've got to master the little thing. Then here, let me close. My time is up. Listen, so then two, think big and bold. 
knowing God is with you. David said, just like that bear and lion, so will Goliath be to me. He knew God was with him. Three, get what you've mastered in small beginnings. He took, he said, I just want my slingshot and five smooth stones. Somebody asked one old preacher, they said, why five smooth stones? He said, one was for Goliath and four was for his brothers. <laughs> David had no question in his mind about whether or not he was going to defeat this giant. And, and the reason it was because it was on the basis of the covenant. This man, this giant is uncircumcised. He doesn't have a covenant with God, but I do. The God that I'm in covenant with controls and rules and super rules and super controls all things in life. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org slash radio and search for Fighting Giants. If you would like to know more about the kingdom and your faith, we invite you to enroll in the Kingdom Bible University. Check this out. Studying the Bible can be challenging if you don't understand what you're reading. The Ethiopian eunuch admitted that he couldn't understand except someone teach him. As kingdom citizens, we are called to live out God's word in every moment of our lives, but we must understand the word in order to do that. The Kingdom Bible University was created to help believers learn God's word on a practical level and teach you how to live it out in your daily life. KBU desires to help you achieve the kingdom knowledge and empowerment of the Bible that helps you enhance your spiritual life to maximize your potential. Find out more information about KBU by visiting our website, www.kingdombibleuniversity.com. Understand the Bible like never before and experience the power that is within to change your life for God's glory. Learn more about KBU today. Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now, acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord for saving me. If you said this prayer, we celebrate with you and we invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at therockwoi.com and click on join online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life and send you a free copy of Dr. Carson's book, My New Life in the Kingdom. We look forward to connecting with you. Have you ever desired to be a part of making history and accomplishing great things? Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries is making history, and through DCKM Partners, we are accomplishing significant ministry opportunities for the Kingdom of God. DCKM Ministries spreads the gospel of the Kingdom around the world through broadcasts like this. And if you would like to be a part of Touching Lives, partner with DCKM today.
testimonies come in daily of how lives are transformed through the power of the word. When you partner with DCKM, you help receive breakthroughs, miracles, and the transformational word of God. Would you consider becoming a partner? Your monthly love gift and weekly prayers really can make a huge difference. No amount is too small. Visit drdanacarson.org to find out more information on how to become a partner. And we look forward to the impact you can make around the world. That concludes today's broadcast. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson. Until next time, may the kingdom of God rule and reign in your hearts and minds. In a time of social distancing, anxiety, fear, and disconnection, The Rock is here to help you stay connected to God. COVID-19 may be strong, but our God is stronger, and he's ready to give you hope and relief every day online. Dr. Dana Carson, the 21st Century Kingdom Voice, is praying for you and ministering in the Word every day on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You have questions? He has the answers. Join us live online Monday through Friday for an hour of power at 12 p.m. Saturdays for powerful kingdom discussions at 9 p.m. Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. for an extraordinary worship experience with miracles, healing, and supernatural ministry. Wednesdays for Bible study at 7 p.m. We also have an online worship experience just for your children. For more information, visit www.therockwoi.com. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world as a witness. I'm a witness. Would you go be a witness? And this gospel of the kingdom the good shall be spread across the world. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministry.